Welcome back to The Dark Side. I'm your host, Brianna. Dyson's here. And this is Dark Adaptation. Bye. Welcome to episode 16. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 16. Oh, uh, I say that at episode 20, you tell me a story, a case. Okay. What do you think? I think I can handle that. Will you? Yeah, you're going to let the producer take over? Uh, I'm not going to take over. This is a take over? host. It's my show now. Co-host type deal. <laughs> your show now? That's what we've been waiting for. Give us the D, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the D. But will you really? Episode 20? Episode 20? I'll give you an episode? Yeah. I think I could handle that. Oh my god, that would be so exciting. I can just sit here and be the one that listens and gives commentary. Yeah. That would be so cool. Yeah. Uh. I can ask you to try and con- guess the conversion for <laughs> inflation rates. <laughs> Only if it applies. I don't think I have any in this I'm episode. Just, no, I'm just going to generally ask you about inflation rates all <laughs> just episode. Just be like, and he was found with no hands in the billiard room. Anyway, what do you think $12 was? <laughs> <laughs> well, is that what they bet? No. <laughs> no, I have no idea what the $12 is relevant to. I'm just wondering if you know. <laughs> Love it. Good idea. It's like, what is money? You know? What is money? What even is it? What, what are frocks? <laughs> <laughs> Me and David Duchovny want to know. Yeah. <laughs> what is an NFT, guys? Someone help. Okay, I actually don't even want to ever talk uh, about that. I listened to a podcast explaining about it, and I swear to God, I was on the shitter the whole time. <laughs> so bored. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you listening to it? It was on Front Burner. Oh. Yeah, I was getting my daily dose of news information. You turned 30 and now you're just t- taking your 10 o'clock shit listening to Front Burner. Yeah. That's just what you do every day. Yep. It's my routine. My old man routine. Did you rate Front Burner? No. <laughs> what would you rate it? Uh, I would give him a five. I don't... I don't. Five out of five, huh? Yeah. Yeah. They're... They're doing a good job. Great. So everyone listening, you should also go and rate us five out of five. Oh, smooth as shit. How about that? All right. Why doesn't everyone listening right now? Okay, we know there's a few of you, a few recurring listeners, right? You're here. You love your girl. You love your boy. You're here for the D. You go. <laughs> the D and B. Kill. Yeah. DB. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mind was like, so many things could be db as in douchebag it could be db as in db cooper you know it could be so many things but hey just take what is, what is two seconds of your time yeah rate us okay yeah. love you a little button click two two clicks two clicks right yeah like come on help a brother out do it for your girl yeah yeah right yeah right so i was hanging out with Paige this week Mm-hmm. We decided it would be cool if, like, once in a while she comes on the show and we tell each other, like, some sort of weird or creepy or haunted or some sort of story like that. Like, we just each pick a random topic mm-hmm. and 
we each tell each other a story. There is definitely something for every random thing. I actually love doing that. So that's that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something else. That's something new we'll bring hit you with. Not you're not all the way into the dark side, you know. You're kind of like teetering into the dark side. I don't know. I kind of see it as like, cause it, cause if I if I had a story, I, a random one, I'm not I'm not backing off if it's real dark. Right. It'll just be a different format. It might be a little more bite sized for you. Exactly yeah. different. Thank you. Different format. Cause that's I mean even dark adaptation. Anything dark, we'll hit you with it. We'll hit yeah. you with it. But this week. We are going back in time, and we're doing an old-timey case. Yay! Yay! I was just saying, that's my favorite type. I know, that's why I was, like, asking you, like, well, I wonder from his perspective what he likes to hear about the most. I like the, I like the old ones because it kind of takes you into a whole different little world yeah. that you can imagine, but also you get to rip into everyone involved because, you know, they're all dead. All <laughs> of them. Wow! I'm sorry there's no cool characters like Pig Woman, though. That's okay. That one was fun, right? That, uh, was, that was great. I think that's my favorite case. I got I got to be honest. Every time I'm listening to you tell a story, I still imagine Pig Woman somewhere in that story. And do you still picture the log lady from Twin Peaks? Don't rush. The fish aren't running. <laughs> my dog has something to tell you. Well, go ahead. Ask. <laughs> oh, I love it. So this one, this case is one of the most sensationalized and talked about murder cases in Canadian history. So not only is it an old timey one, it's a Canadian case. Mm. They came running up the hill and said there was a dead man down there, a dead person. Well, of course, we didn't believe him at first. And uh, we had seen some pigs dumped over the mountain earlier, so we just thought there so was another pig. But they insisted, so we went down, went down about 20 feet, I think. It was quite steep where it was. And sure enough, there was a dead body there with no arms, no head, no legs, no torsos. It was Saturday, March 16th, 1946, in Hamilton, Ontario. A group of five children were playing in the woods north of Albion Falls. Laying partway down the side of the escarpment, they believed they saw a dead animal. As they approached it, they realized it was far more gruesome. What they saw wasn't a dead pig like they originally thought, or some sort of other dead animal. No, it was the torso of an adult man, and there were two gunshot wounds that pierced the shirt it was shrouded in. Oh, oh The no. head, arms, and legs were missing, and they were nowhere in sight. Oh, a deep wound in the abdomen told investigators that someone had tried, but failed, to cut the torso in half. What the fuck? The remains were quickly identified as belonging to John Dick, a Russian immigrant and conductor for the Hamilton Street Railway. A pathologist named Dr. William Deadman later confirmed the identity through blood analysis. John Dick's cousin, Alexander Kamerer, had reported John missing on March 6th, 10 days prior... And he became worried when he heard reports of the torso being found. John had been living with Alexander since John's brief marriage to a woman named Evelyn had failed. Naturally, police wanted to speak with Evelyn because they suspected she participated in or knew about the murder of her missing and estranged husband.
All right, so before we get, you know, further into this story here about this fucking torso, mm-hmm. let's let's learn about John Dick. Yeah, let's learn about Dick. J- John Dick was a Gemini. He was born on May 25th, 1906 in Halbstad, Russia. He's f- He was from a uh, German-speaking Mennonite community in the Czech Republic. So, hmm. not really sure if Halbstad is still a place. Obviously, the Czech Republic isn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he arrived in the Vineland-Beamsville area of Ontario in 1924 with his parents, and they were actually one of many families fleeing the Russian Revolution. Mm-hmm. In the 1940s, John moved to Hamilton for work, and in June 1943, he landed a job with the HSR as a streetcar conductor. I'm going to say HSR from now on instead of saying Hamilton Street Railway because it's too much of a mouthful. I was going to say, I was like, wow, they really still, like, they still name buses like that. HSR. Nope. <laughs> That's it. HSR. Streetcar conductors. There's not still. Yeah. They still call it HSR. Well, I mean, that's kind of cool, but yeah, there's not streetcars there anymore anywhere, is there? No, there is not. No. I wonder when they got rid of that. In the summer of 1945, the 39-year-old John met 24-year-old Evelyn McLean. Oh. Evelyn told... Okay, this is just weird. Evelyn told John that she was a widow. She was a 24-year-old widow of a Canadian naval officer whose last name was White. No idea what his first name is. But he died in the Second World War. It's weird because anyone that heard that was just, like, shaking their head, like, no. She wasn't married to a guy no, named really? White. And like, um, that's fucking 1945. So yep. like to this day, people like look at old military records and stuff and no, it's never confirmed. The like, records have always failed to like prove the existence of a person named White that would have been a naval officer that died in the Second World War and was married to Evelyn. Like, it's just such a weird lie. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> so I had to put that in because I'm like, why, Evelyn? Why? Fucking weird. That is, yeah, that is so odd. What is she hiding? Huh. What is an Evelyn hiding? This lady's, she's, she's going to take us for a ride, all right? From John's perspective, they seemed to hit it off and he really liked Evelyn. But Evelyn was most likely feeling John because she mistakenly believed he had good, like, that he made good money and that he had money and that his income would be able to support her lifestyle extravaganza. You know, the whole um, mysterious uh, widow scenario here is starting to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. off the bat. Good. Astute. <laughs> After just a few weeks of casual dating, remember, they met in the summer of 1945. Mm-hmm. So they were dating a few weeks. They were all of a sudden engaged. Whoa. And then they were married on October 4th, 1945. Holy fucking fast. Right. So let's hear a little bit. Let's let's learn a little bit more about Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Since, you know, we're going to be talking about her quite a bit. Evelyn Dick was a Libra. She was born on October 13th, 1920 in Beamsville, Ontario to Scottish immigrants Donald and Alexandra McLean. A year after her birth, her family moved to 214 Roslyn Avenue in Hamilton, Ontario. Donald worked for the HSR as well as a streetcar conductor and in most of the things i've read it said that he donald was an abusive alcoholic 
Okay. So peak 1945. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who was it? I'm raging. Yeah. Booze filled and raging. We, a man. We're, we're men in the 1940s. We just got out of another world war. <laughs> we don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> it's just Honestly. compressed rage. <laughs> and then a lot of reports said that Alexandra, so Evelyn's mother, a lot of reports said that she had like a wicked temper. So I don't know. Volatile seeming seeming pretty volatile mm -hmm. as a child evelyn didn't play outside or associate with other kids her parents preferred for her to stay inside because in in their eyes and and how they saw her she was like she was just so fragile she was a fragile little child so you must stay inside not I wonder, good i wonder how true that would be because back then they'd also lie about how fucking ridiculous their children are I right? know. Why is your kid always inside? And it's like, meanwhile, they're like absolute monsters, but they're like, oh, she's fragile. She's, I believe that. She's a, she's a delicate rose. My Evelyn. She's oh. frag fragile. Oh, I didn't like that. What? My Evelyn. My Evelyn. Uh -huh. She's fragile. Well, we're going to cast you in a horror movie. <laughs> Somehow you'll be the old lady, though. <laughs> I'll be like a witchy witch. <laughs> <laughs> I read in like on like these different forums um, on some of the newspaper websites like the Hamilton Spectator and stuff. Mm -hmm. If people posted like an anniversary type deal for this case, they'd be like, tell us your stories or like stories your your relatives, your mother or whatever told told you about this time with Evelyn. Mm -hmm. And there was a f quite a few comments of people saying like, oh, like my mother actually grew up in the neighborhood when when she was a kid and she knew Evelyn, but no one would play with her because everyone was really afraid of her. Like apparently like she just gave off this vibe of like she was just really, really like creepy. And if you looked into her eyes, like you you like just felt like your soul being sucked out of you. Like she just. Oh, my God. OK, I, I think I know what they mean. Like that, there's just that weird intensity behind yeah, it. Yeah, Like she just like people were afraid yeah. of her. Like so for her parents to be like, no, we don't want you to go outside. You have to stay inside. You're a fragile little Evelyn. And it's like everyone else was like, it's fine. Please stay inside because you're fucking terrifying. Yeah, they're really just hiding her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was her childhood, you know, seems quite lonely. But also, if you're weird, then don't be so weird. I don't know. Evelyn, <laughs> Evelyn attended Memorial High School before her parents sent her to the Loretto Academy, which is a private Catholic school for it's an all girl school. OK. After high school, she attended the Canada Business College. Like who didn't? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. I didn't realize how how absolutely huge that fucking college was canada business then. college yeah 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 because tom thompson tom thompson went there yeah yeah like literally anyone went there this this college was like at this point even i think fucking 50 years old yeah because people forget right like the uh especially if you live in canada all those community colleges and stuff didn't come until like what like the 60s i think Maybe community 70s? colleges yeah. yeah 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 late 50s at the earliest yeah so the the canadian business college thing would be like the old time you'd open up your newspaper and they'd be like come learn how to do stenographs or yeah. you know typewriting hey, courses did and, you walk into this grocery store well, are you I a promise secretary you with tight sweaters <laughs> <laughs> do you appreciate booze breath down your neck <laughs> do you like being ogled <laughs> Did she go down on you in the theater? Sorry. 
my God. Lannis Morissette, proud Canada Business College graduate. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. I could not. The McLeans were focused on appearances, and they, because of this, they lived far beyond their means. Um, so Donald supplemented his modest income oh, no. by stealing from the HSR vault. Yeah, that's supplementing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like, oh, times are tough. I think I'll go and get a quick job at uh, Zares. Yeah. No, it's, um, I'm just going to steal from the HSR vault. Because at this point, he <laughs> the was... The vault. In, well, yeah, that's what it says in everything, the vault. Cause I love it. it. It's fucking the 40s. It probably was one of those hand-cranked, the whole wall it probably is, was. A, yeah. is a vault. Yeah. Well, that's what a vault is. Thanks, Brianna, <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> Because at this point, he wasn't dry, like being, he wasn't a conductor anymore. Okay. So he was still working for the company, but he, he had an office position. So it gave him like the best access. Yeah. Perfect access. That's, that's really unfortunate. And that's why he just had to supplement his income. You know, they had to keep up appearances. They had to start sending Evelyn to all girls schools. So obviously he like, got caught at some point. Uh, can confirm. Oh, all right. Evelyn was a very beautiful woman. She was she was young and gorgeous, attractive, and from an early age, like maybe even as early as her mid-teens, her mother encouraged her to use her good looks to and entice men into buying her this expensive This is the most things. Hamilton story I've ever heard. Her mother was like, you're gorgeous and beautiful, and we're sending you to the prominent Loretto Academy. Use your looks, dear, and get what you want. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of dig in the vibe, actually. The mom knew what's up. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Maybe so, not for a fucking teenager, though. <laughs> I know. That's the thing, though. Like, that's early, man. But yeah, she, Evelyn was like, all right, I'll take this and run with it. So she ran she did. Dick. She ran. She ran with it. She was she was good at getting what she wanted from men. And mm-hmm. she was like, fuck, yeah, I'm, I'm getting what I want out of this. I'm doing real well. And she just sort of evolved into an escort oh yeah because she's like i'm i found what i'm good at uh so she had rented this apartment on james street south in hamilton where she would oh, entertain her wealthy clients and the man's street too i know south so you know it's not even on the mountain yeah that's so funny things shit shit just doesn't change does it oh also for anyone who's not from hamilton or the area everyone says the mountain you call it the mountain. It's a it's foothill. The, it's the escarpment. It's yep. the Niagara escarpment. Yeah, no one calls it that though around here. It's the mountain. Yeah, you know how, um, to put it in perspective, you know how they say there's the right and wrong side of the tracks? Well, with Hamilton, <laughs> there's the right side of the tracks is actually... Are you from the mountain or not? Yeah. And if, if you're, you're not, then you're from the wrong side of the tracks. Yep. Yep. If you're downhill... Because if you meet people from Hamilton, I'm from Hamilton, but I'm from the mountain. And you're like, thanks. That means nothing to me. I'm from Brantford. But what it, yeah. it's like if I'm from Brantford, which I am, it's like going, I'm from Brantford, but I'm from the North End. Yeah. Like, I'm from the North End. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm not like an ego place kid. Yeah. But it's like, shut the fuck up. I don't care. Yep. Are you nice and normal? Then I don't fucking care where you're from. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 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 We, everyone around here says mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone in, on the downtown says that the mountain looks down at them, put a little down, down their nose at them. Because they do. Yeah, they do. They literally do. Yeah. Yep. 
So yeah, she had this apartment on James Street South. So that's where she would entertain her wealthy clients. Mm. Um, them, all of the manses. And she accumulated an impressive list of wealthy, prominent Hamiltonians for her black book. She had money. She hosted and attended amazing parties with these fine people. And she was gifted lavish furs and jewelry. Mm. She, was, she was doing the damn thing. Yeah, she's pretty woman in it. Right? Yeah. Right. Without the rose petals. And without being, you know, Julia Roberts. Right, right. Yeah, there's that. Attractive young lady, but she's no Julia Roberts. <laughs> In July 1942, she was only 21, and she gave birth to her daughter, Heather, but she immediately gave Heather over to her mother. She was like, I'm not taking care of this kid for whatever reason, but here, mom. Have fun. Here's here's a kid. That sucks for the mom. So, so the mother did though. She took care of this kid. She ended up getting pregnant again, but I don't know exactly when this was, but it did end as a stillbirth. Okay. And then uh, uh, she was pregnant once again. September fifth, nineteen forty four. She gave birth to a boy who she named Peter White. White. Okay. Her, you know, elusive dead naval officer ex-husband dead husband whatever okay so can i just make a guess right off the bat here okay she got it she got pregnant as an escort but to maintain her social status any semblance of a social status at this period she had a fabricated story in which she had a lover who was lost at sea i mean that's as good as guess as any and to me that's a very fitting yeah. yeah, she's running. She is running with these. She's running with fucking like socialites. She's running with Hamilton's finest. She's not going to be like. Also, I can't... actually, it was you know the really good podiatrist down the street. It's actually <laughs> his kid. She can't say that. <laughs> Maybe it was his story. <laughs> He's like, I'll tell you what. This is what you're gonna say. <laughs> you're gonna say it's white. And you know what? I bet because she seems to be really with it. She probably went. I'll do that if you pay me ten bucks a month. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a subscription and fee. And ten dollars in 1944. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh god, that's probably like five thousand dollars. We'll never know. I love that Evelyn <laughs> is an escort who <clears throat> is, I guess, going to hook up with a John. Well, no shit. John Dick. They literally got married. Yeah. She married her John. No one knows why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. It's Peter. She had a baby, a little boy named Peter. She returned home from the hospital without Peter, claiming that her father didn't want another child in their house, so she'd given him to the Children's Aid Society for adoption. That fast. She's like, well, you know, I already got Heather. Mom's taking care of her. I'm still living here, like, part-time, because she had her apartment, but she didn't live in her apartment. It's mostly just where she went to make her money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, yeah, well, my father didn't want another kid in the house, so I just gave it up for adoption. Mm-hmm. In June of 1945, Evelyn's parents separated. So Evelyn, Heather, and Alexandra, her mother, moved into an apartment together in downtown Hamilton. Uh, about a month later, Eve- this is when Evelyn was like, yo, mom, 
I'm I'm engaged to John Dick. And Alexandra was like, who the fuck is John Dick? Who the fuck is Dick? <laughs> who is this who is this man's? You're engaged, huh? She loves Dick. She's like, I never fucking heard of this guy before. Don't okay. Like, I want to be happy for you, but what is going on? So and that and then we get to the point here, October 4th, 1945. That's when Evelyn and John get married. They were in a they're married in a really small wedding ceremony at the Church of the Ascension. So like like I'm saying, Alexandra was like, What the fuck? You're marrying John Dick? Mm-hmm. And it's because Evelyn everyone knew Evelyn moved in this with these upper class people. She moved in these like high society circles in Hamilton. So why is she marrying John Dick? Like it was a surprise to everybody. You're just, yeah. he's, he's like below her class. <laughs> just everyone was just like, I'm so shocked by this. And Evelyn's parents were like, we don't approve. Okay. Especially her mother. Who's literally like, since you're a teenager, I've been telling you <laughs> to get with the, to get with the rich men. Why are you marrying John Dick? And they disapproved so much of this that they didn't even go to the wedding. Oh, really? Yeah, they didn't even go to it. Well, go to your fucking kids' weddings. God no. damn it. They were like, no. Oh, I don't no. even know this man's. Ascend <clears throat> where? I'm not leaving the house. <laughs> so they were married October 4th. They, they fought constantly. Mm. And it was always about money because Evelyn realized now that John was not financially sound the way that she thought he was surprise but also fought a lot about evelyn's affairs because she's literally an escort yep. that's how she's making all her fucking money yeah so like within days of being married it's probably like they're married october 4th it was probably like october 6th and a half <laughs> oh no <laughs> she was like okay bye i'm gonna go out with my boyfriend oh my god so she's going out and like having sleepovers and and living her life with her yeah. boyfriend whose name is Bill Bohozuk. Yeah. Bohozuk. Was well, he he's paying though, right? No, this this, this well, is he's literally... probably Yeah, like he's probably giving her money or at least okay. it started that way, but yeah. but he actually is her boyfriend. Oh, okay. Like for for like that's her side piece for show. Oh, okay. And I have to inc- I had to include this in my notes cuz for some reason it just made me like laugh so hard because in these articles and they're like and her boyfriend bill bohozak a heavyweight stroker for the leander rowing club (laughs) she's marrying stroker and dick what like not marrying stroker but yeah 1940s upper echelon if you're in the rowing club like pretty up there uh, yeah I was like, I have to include this. This is fucking hilarious. I was going to make a joke about her being an escort near James Street. And I was like, so she's hanging around the Hamilton Club over there? And she probably found him there. (laughs) Probably, right? But if you're anything, you would want to be an escort. It's not like you're just run-of-the-mill Hamilton bus stop sex worker. Yeah, you're not the the Barton Street gals. You're upper echelon. You're high society. Yeah. You're not hanging around the McNabb Terminal. <laughs> so even though she was you know like okay bye john have fun i'm gonna go out with my boyfriend john always remained hopeful that they could make the marriage work and was like it's that was fine. not gonna work we can make it work and then get this they finally agreed to move in together they were married for a month 
And they weren't even living together yet. God, they they put the cart way ahead of the horse. Evelyn, like having tons of money from all of her high status clientele, she was actually the one that bought the house that they moved in together. Mm-hmm. It was at uh, 32 Carrick Avenue in Hamilton. And the name, uh, like her name was solely on the deed and she made the down payment and everything. Like this was her house. So like she's fucking balling. Yeah. She's got some real like, money. She has real clientele. Yeah. That's, that's for, for a gal in 1940s. Holy hell. Yeah. 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 And I just thought it was wild. Cause that means like she has all this money. She is renting an apartment on James street, mm-hmm. but most of the time living in a different apartment with her daughter and her mother. Meanwhile, she's married, has been for a month. John is still living God knows where, probably renting a different apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so fucking weird. Yeah. All of it is so weird. The dynamics is just like, what the fuck is going on? So. She's honestly, she just sounds like she's just trying to make shit work. And it sounds like, I just can't believe that like, but, she, like, but, like, why marry John? That's where I would say, I, the she, only thing that was popping into my head was, like, that was her mistake, but also, like, was this her out? Like, was this her out of, like, the escort eventually? Yeah, like, her been. retirement plan and was... And then that... But she has a boyfriend, Bill Bohos, like, maybe he didn't want to marry her, though, or something. Or maybe he was just using her for sex. Or maybe she was like, I'll let you call me your girlfriend, but really, you're paying me. Yeah, that's true, yeah. too. Because he was, he's, like, a young guy, though. Yeah. It's like it's like it's just so bizarre. Maybe she did think, oh, John Dick, he's an older he's older than me. Like he's like Or it's almost, dual income. Who knows? After only being married for three months, John and Evelyn separated and John moved in with his cousin, Alexander Kamerer, at two fifteen Gertrude Street, which is off of Gage Avenue North. Okay. Alexander Kamerer, if you'll remember, because it's a Really confusing last name. <laughs> He's the one that had reported John missing. Mm-hmm. So he was living with his cousin while he was always hopeful to work things out with Evelyn, but obviously wasn't going to work. No. So after he moves out, he goes and lives with his cousin. Um, I don't know how long after or if it was just before or what, but at some point, John did go to Evelyn's father, Donald, and he was asking him for like advice. He wanted to make his wife you know, like behave like a respectable woman and be the wife that she, you know, should be mm-hmm. for in the 1940s. And her father was like, essentially, fuck you, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> her father refused to give John advice to make his daughter, his slash his wife more respectable. And it was just like, no, I don't, I don't know. Make it, make it work. Or don't, because remember, they, Evelyn's parents didn't even care that they were getting married, mm-hmm. didn't even know who this fucking guy was, didn't, nobody understood why they were getting married. So he was just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Get out of my house. So then John apparently threatened to reveal the family secret that Evelyn had revealed, that had, Evelyn had revealed to him, which was that John knew Donald had been stealing from the HSR. Because they both worked there. He's using that. And John said he'll tell the company about the theft. So Donald threatened to kill John 
which apparently John immediately reported to the Hamilton police being like, this fucking guy tried, said he's going to kill me because he's stealing. I don't know what came of that at this point. Yeah. But not a good look for Donald. No. Really not a good look. Yeah, that sucks. So this would have been around January, February, around that time. Definitely the beginning of 1946. Okay. And John was last seen alive on March 6th, the day that Alexander Camara reports him missing. He, John was last seen in the restaurant at the Windsor Hotel, which is located on the corner of King William and John Street in Hamilton. And I guess he had ordered some soup, a sandwich, some pie, coffee, and he was just having his own little lunch date with himself. Nice. Ten days later, his torso was found on the escarpment, and the police wanted to speak to his wife, Evelyn Dick. So this brings us back to the beginning of our story. Yeah. Because, you know, I had to give you a little bit of background on these two people. Yeah. enjoying the episode make sure you rate the show it helps us grow while simultaneously make a mod dark heart happy after the torso was identified detective sergeant clarence preston picked evelyn up and brought her to police headquarters on king william street for questioning Evelyn responded to the news with, don't look at me. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Not, oh my God, that's horrible. Holy fuck, it's just his torso. Immediately the wall went just up. Just don't look at me. <laughs> I didn't do it. That's fucking why I don't know. I would, I would be like, just be like, what the fuck? Right, so suspect one. <laughs> it was, she already was suspect one and now they're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> right, right. So she told police a, like a story about a guy that showed up at her door looking for John. And she was like, oh, he looked like this Italian hitman. He said he was going to fix John for messing around with his wife. But then he just left. Okay. And the police were like, mm, right, ma'am. Okay. So days later, police had learned that Evelyn borrowed a large Packard car from a man named Bill Landegg. Bill, uh, what was that? Landegg. Land egg. Land egg. Land egg. Land egg. <laughs> Land better egg. than the sea eggs, I guess. <laughs> uh, and, um, do you know what a Packard car is? I don't know what a Packard car is, no. A Packard was an American luxury automobile built by the Packard Motor Car Company of Detroit, Michigan, United States. Oh, it was like a brand. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is it like a sedan looking thing or do you think it was like a... It's like an old timey like Gatsby type car. Okay. All right. I was wondering if it was like that or like one of those like big... It's like a trucks that you could like haul meat and stuff in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That really is a Gatsby car. Yeah. Yeah. Not as long, but it's... God, she's a high roller. I'm a little jealous, actually. She borrowed this car, though. Yeah. She borrowed this car from Mr. Landig. They could make a movie about this girl. I swear to God. They have. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not very good. But they have. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a Canadian film, huh? (laughs) It was. The woman who plays Evelyn Dick in the movie, she's great. But everyone else that's acting, it's like, my God, people, bring it back down. Oh, so it's like one of those films they used to show you in school, like with a heritage moment. Yeah, it's a heritage moment. 
<laughs> Woof. So this bill guy received the car back from Evelyn and there was just blood covering the front seat. The seat covers were missing and there was a fucking pile of bloody clothes in the back of the car. And among the bloody clothing, there was a necktie that was later identified as John's. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. How pissed How pissed was that oh, guy? Oh, he was probably like, are you fucking serious? What did you slaughter? Like, did you slaughter a pig in here? Well, Evelyn left a note explaining that her daughter, <laughs> Heather, the toddler, had cut herself and made the mess. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a lot of blood back here. I think you should check on your daughter. She's probably dead. Yeah. yeah. Like, Don't worry about it. Heather just cut herself. Whoops. <laughs> and this is the story that she stuck with when she was questioned by police. Like, oh, all of that blood? No, it's silly. I borrowed the car, of course. I always did. But that was just from my daughter. And did they look at the daughter and go, there's no cuts on her? Probably. Yeah. But they're also like, okay, but lady, the, the blood is has proven to match John's. It's the same blood type. And uh, we know this because we did the test. And mm -hmm. she was like, okay, okay, okay. Well, I got a new story for you, all right? <laughs> so she's... Mulligan. She's like, shit, okay. Well, apparently, according to Evelyn, a mysterious man had called Evelyn and said that John had gotten a woman pregnant and he was getting what was coming to him because of it. The mystery man asked Evelyn to meet this mystery woman that was pregnant, mm -hmm. but first the mystery man would need to borrow a car. So Evelyn met the mystery man with the Packard that she borrowed from Bill and this mystery man was carrying a large mysterious sack. And the mystery man told Evelyn that the mysterious sack contained part of John. This is the most fucked up Santa I've ever heard. Evelyn then drove the mystery man in his mysterious sack <laughs> to the dumping site near Albion Falls. Evelyn was like, I swear, I swear, here, I'll even take you on the route. So she took the police on the route that she apparently drove with the mystery man. And when the police asked her, like, well, how the fuck did you feel when you heard that this mystery man had a part of John in his mysterious sack? Mm -hmm. She was just like, well, I wasn't happy about his demise, but <laughs> that that was a pretty mean trick to break up a home. Oh, my God. She's, she probably thinks she's nailing it right now. Probably. Yeah, she's nailing it. She's like, anyway, yeah, so that's what happened, and I'll sign this statement here. But she, <laughs> like, vehemently denied conspiring to kill her husband. She was like, no, I had nothing to do with it. It was that mystery man and his mysterious sack apparently had a piece of John in it, but I don't really know because I didn't look. And um, it was the mystery man. Yeah, she's really going for that uh, possible deniability kind of aspect right now. Yeah, and, and until, like, later she changed her story again. Oh. And, and then she signed a new statement. New sack, new man. <laughs> new Evelyn. Except this time, it was about a, an Italian hit hitman that her her boyfriend, Bill Bohozik, had hired to kill John. Well, she's, she's throwing Bill under the bus now. Sure is. So she was like... Under the Packard. <laughs> yeah, under yeah. the Packard. So she's like, please, seriously, like, you know how I just took you on this route that the mystery man took me on? Well... Forget that. It's not actually what happened. So here, come on with me. I'll take you on another drive. So this time they went to a dirt road near this place called Glanford, which is just south of Hamilton. And apparently this is the road where John was shot in the head by the hitman. Okay. So as part of their investigation, police had searched 32 Carrick Avenue. That's the house that Evelyn had bought. And John lived there for like fucking three months. Mm -hmm. And in the backyard, 
the police had found bone fragments, teeth, and pieces of clothing from an HSR uniform mixed with the ashes. Ashes. (laughs) Oh, no. So they believe Evelyn burned her husband's head and limbs in the furnace and dumped the cinders in the backyard. But the torso was too big to fit. Well, yes. So you know how John's torso had two gunshot wounds and it looked like someone had tried to cut it in half? Oh. Well, the pathologist, Dr. William Dedman... Yes, Deadman. No, stop it. These names are ridiculous. I know. know. He's like, I found my calling. (laughs) That guy probably lived his best life. (laughs) Deadman? You can imagine his business card? (laughs) Deadman. Yes, you read it right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Got a dead man? Call Deadman. (laughs) Well, Deadman, he, he said that John's cause of death was likely... A gunshot to the head, and he and the police believe the plan believed that the plan was to burn the torso along with the head and the limbs and everything, but the torso wouldn't fit into the furnace, and it was too difficult to cut through. Which there was markings on this torso that showed okay they tried, mm-hmm. so that's likely why it was dumped in that secluded area instead. And okay. just as just an interesting, like sort of correlation i don't think it has i don't think this has anything to do with this case but albion falls was remote at this time and it for generations was used by mobsters to dump bodies and bury bodies and stuff oh my god and evelyn was talking about like oh like well was italian hitman and that's like that was probably the hitman that came to my door the first time like when her first story was that that a weird italian hitman looking dude came to the door yeah and then she was like actually well he didn't come to my door it was actually bill that hired these guys and they were italian hitmen so it's like if you're from hamilton you know that is the prominent history of it so it's like Mm -hmm. just convenient yeah it's so she's using like she's pulling from real life trying to make it as possible yeah she's like well she can doesn't that make sense? Yeah. It's like, well, it's a great correlation. Like, I don't think that is the case here. Yeah. But, like, that's definitely a fact. The mm-hmm. mobsters from Hamilton did <laughs> use this place as a burial ground. Yeah. Incriminating evidence doesn't stop at Evelyn's house, though. Investigators searched her parents' house where Donald was still living. Because, remember, they separated. Because, mm-hmm. remember, they separated and Evelyn was living with Alexandra, her mother, in the apartment. But Donald was still living in the family home that yeah. she had grown up in mm-hmm. and in the basement the investigators found bullet holes in a pipe a 32 caliber five shot revolver 32 caliber cartridges saws and blood-stained shoes that matched identically to a pair that john was known to wear and the torso had those two gunshot wounds in it wow so, pretty incriminating looking yeah that so, paints a real clear picture. Mm-hmm, it does. And we already know that John had been in this house before because he went there to talk to Donald to be like, yo, make your daughter act like a respectable wife. <laughs> and he was like, fuck you, get out of my house. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll tell people that you were stealing from Hamilton Street Railway. And he pro- Donald maybe was like, come on back here. I want to yep. talk to you. Yeah, bow, 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 bow. yeah no kidding. After he, after he called the cops 
the first time reported he was it like, literally we made a police report yeah he was like you're not kidding you actually are gonna get me in prison so why don't yeah. you come back why don't yeah. you come back here so we could talk about it yeah i mean just saying that's what fucking looks like here mm-hmm. so the police questioned evelyn about the evidence recovered from her house and from her parents house and they told her that bill behozik was being questioned as well so with this news evelyn told police a new story oh, story no. number three by the way in case we're losing track here at least recorded number three because i mean god knows how many stories she's really spinning at this point oh yeah she's throwing everything at the wall at this point oh yeah she's just like okay deflect deflect what Mm -hmm. will get me out of this position in this moment right now okay Uh, uh, i know mystery man (laughs) uh bill bohozik he actually killed john yep my boyfriend he killed my husband so sleazy (laughs) and the investigators were like you know what i have heard enough i have seen enough yeah. all of y'all are fucked evelyn dick bill bohozik and donald mclean we're all charging you with the, with john dick's murder crowds have been lining up since dawn vying for a seat at the pre-trial in the most sensational murder case of the century all wondering if the beautiful face of evelyn dick masks a monster who with the help of her parents and lover killed her husband and dismembered his corpse Today, the judge determines whether to try the accused together or in four separate trials. Whichever way the trials take place, this grisly group's next family reunion may end up at the gallows. Evelyn's first trial began on October 7th, 1946. Bill Bohozik and Donald McLean were still in jail because Evelyn's lawyer had successfully petitioned the court to have her tried separately. They were hoping if she was tried separately, then she, the her team, her law team could make her appear to the jury as like this attractive, naive young woman who was completely incapable of committing, planning, whatever, of the murder of John. The incompetence approach. Right. Like, well, look at her. She yeah. couldn't have possibly. <laughs> she could never. She couldn't even pass a typewriting course. <laughs> She's not good with her hands. It was the golden age of newspapers, and people across the country were captivated by the trial. Like, I would be too. I'd be like, how could this, how could this young, attractive socialite be involved in such a heinous and grotesque crime? Oh, I could so see Hamilton loving mm-hmm. the shit out of this the story. People had to know. Yeah. How the fuck could this woman do this? So hundreds of people, and I'm serious, hundreds of people were beyond curious, and they were beginning to gather outside of the courthouse to try and catch a glimpse of this black widow for themselves. Oh, there There's is. photos, I'll show you photos. They're like lined up in just flocks out of the courthouse, down the path, down the sidewalk, like blocks. People are like, I need to fucking get in there and hey, see this. Thank you for telling this story because I actually have like seen the old the old uh um courthouse too Mm -hmm. so i could picture it yeah yeah that's really cool well you're welcome thanks glad you're digging it are you digging it rate us (laughs) pathologist dr william deadman testified type o blood found in the packard matched john's blood type he also testified bone fragments and teeth found in the ashes in evelyn's backyard likely belonged to john that's nice with deadman thank you like it's for 1945 there's no way to know that but he's like yeah Pretty sure. Yeah. And the jury was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. Thank you, Deadman. <laughs> Alexander- you know what? If there's a person to go above and beyond to make sure he fucking knows to yeah. say in court, it's Deadman. Uh, well, duh. Billy Deadman. 
Don't call me Deadman for nothing. That's his fucking teeth, all right. <laughs> now that's something to put on the business card. Honestly, I could imagine him being in court, and they're like, well, "Whose teeth is that?" And you're like, "It's fucking John's." And they go, "How do you know? Who the fuck else would it be?" <laughs> I think that's Occam's a razor says. <laughs> <laughs> God, you guys not even go to Canada Business College? Think, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Alexandra McLean, um, so Evelyn's mother, she agreed to testify for the Crown against her daughter in return for immunity. She stated that Evelyn had been absent from the house for a prolonged period of time on March 6th. Remember, that's the last day that John Dick was seen alive. Mm -hmm. Alexandra testified that by March 8th, Two days later, she had asked Evelyn if something had happened to him because she's like, where the f- he hasn't been around. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. It's, it's your fucking husband at the end of the day. Yep. And according to Alexandra, Evelyn responded to her like, just like, blah, you know, like he's not going to be coming around anymore. Oh, that's some like mobster level dismissiveness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, he ain't going to be bothering us none more. Let me <laughs> tell you. John sleeps with the fishes. Sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> oh, he got into waste management. Oh, that's so much better. <laughs> Alexander testified that Donald owned a handgun and a large butcher's knife. Handgun makes sense. The butcher's knife, I don't know. Does that correlate just because he was dismembered? Who the fuck's dismembering anybody with a butcher's knife? But anyway, thanks, Alexandra. Yeah. We're lucky for your immunity. <laughs> On October 16th. 1946, after nine days of testimony, the jury took less than two hours to return a guilty verdict and sentenced Evelyn to be hanged. Although she, you know, like, probably did not kill John on her own or even with her own hands, Mm -hmm. she was definitely guilty of participating in the planning or carrying out of the crime, like, for sure. Oh, no doubt. It was probably she telling someone she wanted him out of the picture. Yeah, and most people are like, okay, well, uh, it's probably fair to say that Donald dismembered John in the basement, in Donald's basement. Yeah. Based on the evidence that the investigators had found at that house. Mm -hmm. So upon sentencing, Justice F.H. Barlow said, Evelyn Dick, the sentence of this court and upon you is you be taken from here to the place whence you came and there be kept in close confinement until the 7th day of January in the year 1947. And upon that date that you be taken to the place of execution and that you be there hanged by the neck until you are dead and may the Lord have mercy upon your soul. Oh my, I got goosebumps. The way they speak, especially back then, is so intense. To the place whence you came. (laughs) In other words, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, okay. I would be a little more careful, maybe, getting that type of intensity when you're about to hang someone called the Black Widow. Right. This is how curses start, dude. You know what? He was probably just bitter that he, he he's probably bitter that he was not in her black book. Oh, he probably was. <laughs> he was like, from which you came, I was never invited to that James Street apartment. I had asked several times what everyone was doing that night, and they all said not much. <laughs> <laughs> We're staying in. No one stayed in. <laughs> We were supposed to meet at the Royal Cannot, but I asked and they said they could not. 
<laughs> could not. Cannot. Could not. Okay, so the Toronto Star's crime reporter, Jocko Thomas, which is just a cool name, Jocko. So he wrote at the time, Mr. Justice Barlow pronounced the death sentence in somber tones as Mrs. Dick stood at attention, her dark eyes flashing. There was no wavering or holding of the dock rail, which so often is seen when men hear those dreaded words hanged by the neck. That's kind of, she sounds cold. She was just, yeah, just so composed and like, hmm, fuck you. Mm. Whereas like usually people like buckle at the knee or whatever the fuck, like, (laughs) (laughs) the execution was to take place at Wentworth County Jail, now locally known as Barton Street Jail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was quoted as in, in this like old timey newspaper, quote, a grubby dungeon in the city's east end between Ferguson Avenue North and Elgin Street. Oh, my God. A grubby dungeon. I mean, it still kind of is. It but, is a grubby dungeon. But I really love to see it. Pictures of it back then. I think it looks the same. Oh, no. I'm dead serious. It has not changed. If anything, it's just gotten worse. Oh, it's wild. They used to <laughs> walk down that street to go to the uh, beer store. You would which, walk by it? Yeah, I would walk by it. Let me tell you. You got to walk fast if you're walking back home with a case of beer down Barton Street crossing the the fucking jail. You're brave as shit. She's, like I said, she's sentenced to be hanged. And that would make her the eighth prisoner and the first woman hanged at this site since 1876. Eighth prisoner in total in Hamilton since 1876. And she'd become the first woman to be hanged. Ugh. But... Evelyn's lawyer successfully appealed the case. When the case was heard on appeal, the verdict was overturned because um, Evelyn's lawyer successfully appealed it by saying that her statements to the police were improperly admitted into evidence. Not to mention the fact that she had like fucking like what, three signed statements that were all different. And also the trial judge did not instruct the jury properly. So I had read the um, transcripts of this mm-hmm. and the judge didn't instruct them properly, meaning like he he would not tell them certain things that they weren't supposed to take into account. He was obviously very like lenient with the prosecution's side and okay. not really. So maybe he was slighted. <laughs> so yeah. wow so we're just reading it the way that this lawyer argued it, it was like chef's kiss he did really he did his fucking job yeah it sounds like all of a sudden she got a high-end lawyer sounds like a few people didn't want to lose their uh you know <laughs> <laughs> so Evelyn's case uh like technically new case now since it was successfully appealed it was taken over by this guy named John J. Robinette, and he's like, I guess, a huge deal. He's like one of the area's best defense attorneys. So during her this new trial, Robinette impressed upon the jury that there was a very strong possibility that Donald McLean is the one that killed John Dick, not Evelyn. And like we were saying, because like, yeah, I was gonna say that that was that would have been my first pick too because yeah. of the bullet holes. The bullet holes, the the saws, the shoes, the gun, the butcher knife for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Alexandra. It like just makes sense. This yeah. totally makes sense that Donald was the one that did it. 
Yeah. And this time around, the jury found Evelyn not guilty. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So Bill Bohozik and Donald McLean finally went before the judge in a joint trial. Because remember, they were still in jail this whole time because Evelyn's original lawyer had successfully gotten her her own trial. Mm -hmm. So they did their whole joint trial thing. And Bill ended up being cleared completely of all of the charges. I was going to say, I was like, I I know why they would put him in jail. Yeah. But I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. So he, he did go before he had his day in court and everything. And he actually was cleared, like I said, because Evelyn... Evelyn was the only witness. She's the one that is the only person that named him. She's the only person that said he was there. Mm-hmm. But she refused to uh, testify. She wouldn't testify and say, yeah, it was Bill that set this up. It was Bill that did this. So they were like, well, now there's no fucking case. So he's cleared. Charges dropped. He's, yeah. free, he's a free man. But Donald McLean was found guilty as an accessory after the fact. Not guilty of the murder. What? Guilty as an accessory after the fact just because of the stuff that was found in the basement. So I guess they could not successfully argue he murdered John Dick, but they could successfully argue that obviously some shit went down in that basement. Obviously there was a body at the very least. And so he got five years in prison for that. Mm-hmm. He received an additional five years for stealing from the HSR. You mentioned <laughs> Final, that earlier. He finally got him. So he got 10 years. He's the only one that yep. got anything. Wow. Wow. Evelyn wasn't done in court. No. Her lawyer successfully appealed. The verdict was overturned. She was found not guilty. So how is it that she's not done in court? Yeah, what the hell? What happened? Well... Remember when investigators were searching Evelyn's home and they found John's remains in the backyard? Like his his teeth and the uniform and stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, they found something else. When they were searching through the attic, they came across a trunk. Inside the trunk was a beige suitcase. Inside the suitcase, there was cement. Encased in the cement was the partially mummified body of a baby boy. Oh. The baby was identified as Evelyn's son, Peter White, the baby she claimed to have given up for adoption in September of 1944. You are kidding. What kind of M. Night Shyamalan twist did you bring me today? This is a good one. Holy shit. I I didn't see that coming at all. Set you up good, didn't I? Yeah, holy shit. Especially if you go back and read or listen to any sort of things, they let you know from the get-go that this was found. And I'm like, mm-mm, I'm going to set you up for another little twist. Yeah, goddamn, well done today. <laughs> holy shit. So she, in John's case, she's, she's a free woman. She's found not guilty. Mm-hmm. But that fucking mummified baby, her own son... Sent her to uh, another trial. So she was charged for Peter's murder. That is insane. Yeah. Encased in cement, hidden in her attic for at this point, because she was charged and taken to trial in 1947. And the baby, she obviously would have killed him in 44. So just years, almost four years of the baby just in her attic. Oh, sorry. I just put it together that she tried to cement it for the smell. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ew, gross. Yeah. Yeah. I just figured. Also, it's extra gross as cement is actually uh, corrosive. 
to a degree. I Oh, I always pictured it as doing this in a suitcase because she planned one day to dump it in the in the lake or something and it would sink. Why didn't she? Maybe she did this all and it was too sense. heavy. But it's a suitcase. You could just wheel it out, couldn't you? But maybe because yeah. she put it in a trunk and she couldn't lift it she... out of the trunk. Boy, Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's Evelyn. Yeah, but like she got rid of a fucking body and dumped it. Well, yeah. someone did. Her father. Air quotes, her but, father. Yeah, but she's a she's obviously out around at night, right? Like you, she would she wouldn't have a problem with like mobility at night, is what I mean. Like it wouldn't be odd for her to be like leaving, and then her neighbors are like, "Why is she out at like one?" So you, you, I can't believe she didn't just you know. Scoot that thing over to the Coos Paradise and huck it into the... They, you would never oh find God. that. Oh my God. Actually, yeah, that's a really good point. Plus, this would have been in her her house, 32 Carrick Avenue, which means it was taken there after she moved out of her parents' house because her parents' house was on Rosslyn Avenue. Yeah, what the fuck? So, ew! So she just kept it. She just ew. had it. She just wanted to keep it. She's a fucking freak yeah what the shit Ew, it's like Evelyn. her gross little trophy ew Ugh. i'm glad she went to trial for this yeah fucking little freak evelyn <laughs> dead baby in a suitcase evelyn uh but yeah so she's on trial now for this mm-hmm. so evelyn told had previously told the investigators that her boyfriend bill had murdered peter as well Bill's so, probably sitting there like, God fucking know, damn it. Like, I thought we were cool, man. We went to the movies. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> we went to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, shit. I forgot what they used to call them. The, the cinema? Yeah. The, the, the speak, we caught a flick. The, uh, silent somethings. Yeah. 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 Uh, talkies. Talkies. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. We went to the talkies. We went to the talkies. <laughs> He probably did. He would. He'd be like, "I'm a professional. I'm a stroker. I saw a talkie. I'm a stroker. Very literal time, eh? Talkies. Wait till father hears about this. (laughs) To daddy. (laughs) Daddy. I'm telling daddy. No, daddy. Dickles. (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping all of this. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, she fucking blamed poor Bill, and she stuck to this story for the for this trial. She was like, "No, he murdered." john and peter that's why peter's dead so her lawyer she had the same lawyer for this one jj robinette the one that got her off of john dick's murder Mm -hmm. Uh, he brought in a psychiatrist who testified that evelyn had endured a very traumatic childhood it was very unhappy and her emotional mentality was that of a 13 year old and this was used as sort of an attempt to explain evelyn's Odd responses and demeanor to certain parts of the investigation and trial. You just throw money at this problem and you're going to get a therapist to say that. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So it, it was used like, well, you know, she she's traumatized. She's not very smart. She's only 13 years old mentally. That's why her responses seem <laughs> inappropriate. Like yeah. Don't like that. So the jury and like throughout this whole trial i mean there's probably a bunch of other shit that went down in this trial but who cares because the jury found her guilty but not of the murder the first degree murder of her son her baby it they found her guilty on the lesser charge of manslaughter but the judge still sentenced her to life in prison 
Because they couldn't prove that she, whether the baby died from yeah. her, what, oh my god. Yeah, couldn't, this, couldn't this tell the motive based on the murder. This is what people had to deal with when it comes to court cases back then, because mm-hmm. they couldn't, oh, mm-hmm. I'm glad we had some serious advancements, because she mm-hmm. fucking killed that kid. I mean, I'm not saying it for liability reasons, but like, oh, you know, obviously you know she did. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that fucking baby died from her. Okay, you're yeah. right. Well, she's found guilty, so who cares? She's found guilty. Yeah, yeah she murdered that kid. So, yeah. she still killed it. Yep. Whether it was through neglect or whatever, she killed that kid. Yep. And... <sighs> life imprisonment. Sentence to life imprisonment. Did she serve uh, the full thing? served her time in Kingston's prison for women and was reportedly well behaved and I just thought this was funny she even she even played the role of an angel in the Christmas pageant oh my that is funny right it's just like she's like what I'm such an angel yeah I am so well behaved she was actually paroled on November 10th 1958 so she only served 11 years of her life sentence Mm mm-hmm and by the time she got out, she was only 38 years old. So she still has like her whole fucking life ahead of her. Yeah, no kidding. Upon release, she was given a new identity and a new job. What? And she just disappeared from the public eye. In 1985, the government granted her a royal prerogative of mercy, which is like a very rare uh, thing to get. Very real pardon to get. Um, is mm-hmm. awarded in exceptional cases where there's like substantial injustice, there's undue hardship based on your sentencing. But she she got that. Hey, you know what? Like, I'm sorry. Like, she was a Hamilton escort mm-hmm. rolling with the high rollers up there. Whole black and book she full gets, of God knows who. And she gets that yeah. out of prison? Yeah. Holy shit, this is someone I would not fuck around with. A royal prerogative of mercy. This means that she no longer had to report to police. She did not have to report to her parole, the parole board, her probation officers, nobody. And her file was permanently sealed. Permanently sealed forever. You'll never get to see that file. Many people, like you're saying, have speculated that... it's because she had friends in high places. They were able to help her get this pardon. I mean, how could you not think that? For, just, of course. Just and off first blush. Life in prison? Blush. Life in prison? She gets out in 11 years. She's barely, She's not even 40 yet. She's young as shit. Mm-hmm. She gets to go and live her whole life. She, got, yep. just, she gets out early and has like this silver platter. And yeah, people think, well, she was this high end escort. God knows who was in that black book. Those Hamiltonians totally helped her. God, that book must be worth a fortune. So she's she's just gone. Like she's never heard of again. She's never seen again. Like, this is a Hollywood fucking movie. Yeah, just disappeared off the face of the earth. She just wow. went on and lived God knows what sort of life. 
So this guy named Brian Vallee, he wrote a book called The Torso Murder, The Untold Story of Evelyn Dick. And in this book, he claims that Evelyn married a wealthy man after her release from prison and she moved to Canada's West Coast. So probably like British Columbia. I was going to say Alberta fits. <laughs> <laughs> She's a high end. She went to live in like, like fucking the islands or something. Out yeah, there. yeah. But Brian Vallee actually writes like a lot of books about different Canadian true crime cases. So mm-hmm. I bet this book is good. I did not read it, but I would. Seems interesting. There's no way to know that she married a wealthy man and moved out there, but it's good enough speculation. Mm-hmm. This next part here just it's it's which like hopeful, wishful thinking, but I don't really understand why people thought this. Like, so on Evelyn's one hundredth birthday, that would have been October thirteenth, twenty twenty. Reporters, biographers, different people like that. Um, they were really hopeful that the archives surrounding Evelyn and this case would become public record, but that doesn't appear to have happened. I don't know why that would happen because she was pardoned. Her files were sealed permanently. Yeah. There's, I don't understand why all of a sudden, just because it's her hundredth birthday, they would be open. Yeah. Um, and even if that happened, even if for some reason her files were opened and, you know, everyone and their mother could go and read them, it's Evelyn Dick. She would have probably been married. She probably would have remarried. So she would have had new last names. Mm-hmm. And she probably just would have, for the fuck of it, changed her name multiple times. So you wouldn't even really be able to track her. The ability of tracking her would be so hard. Yeah. So, like, I just thought that part of the story, like, in these different, art, like, newer, like, more recent articles, I'm mm-hmm. like, so fucking weird. Why would, why, why is did, that yeah, the why basis they, of why it? Why did they think that it would just be on sale? What did they think it was? Like, the census? <laughs> like, you, you know, when, like, they're, they're like, if you go to the library, it's like, oh, you want to learn about, like, death certificates birth certificates all that kind of stuff like i think what are we at like 1920 is like the earliest or the latest to let uh be access to the public that's so strange i just i was like reading this and i was like you guys are fucking weird yeah (laughs) also it was like in my life never have i heard the royal prerogative of mercy because because it's so rare it almost sounds made up like yeah yeah so it's like why would you think that of anyone this is her files would be given to you like you're insane the royal prerogative of mer- god is it really is like it it really is like before canada got its independence in the 80s yeah that was in 85 yeah the royal prerogative i know it's cool that you mentioned the library though like it's a fucking census census and you go into the library to look at who was a farmer or not yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Employees of the local history and archives department in Hamilton say Evelyn Dick's file is the most popular one in the collection. <laughs> to this she day, must be very people proud. Are... <laughs> it's a great dick. To this day, people are captivated by how a young, beautiful, promiscuous woman could be involved with her husband's grisly murder, kill her own son, yeah, and be free by the time she's only thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. You know what? What? The murder of John Dick is officially unsolved. Oh my god, you're right, yeah. Because mm-hmm. no one no one officially got I completely missed it for a minute there. Donald was yep. the was charged given five years in prison for accessory after the fact. Yeah. Evelyn's found not guilty. Bill is 
no charges at all, just completely dropped and let go. Mm-hmm. No one has ever been charged with murdering him. Yeah. It's wild that that happened. I mean, I think everyone's on the same page based on how you laid that out and the evidence that you were telling us who we would pick. Mm -hmm. But he's really just an unsolved case now. Yep. Yeah. Authorities, Hamilton police and everything. It's categorized as unsolved. It's an unsolved murder. Insane. I loved this story. You're welcome. I think this is actually one of my, I think this is my favorite now. This one was my favorite. Yeah? Yeah. Well, is it cause, just because it's local so you can kind of put yourself right there? No, I think you really got me with the baby in the suitcase. Aha! Yeah, you really got me on that one. But Honestly, also the, go and read any article. They give that to you in like the first five seconds. That's like, good storytelling, They found the, the ashes with the uniform and the teeth, and they also found a dead baby. And I was like, I'm holding on to that. <laughs> yeah gotta keep you guys coming back right this is what good storytelling good writing is and you're welcome <laughs> so while you're listening why don't you make sure that you go and rate and subscribe because this is good storytelling it's two button clicks away honestly yeah but seriously guys thank you everyone for tuning in this week hope you like this episode it's also always fun to give an old-timey one and mm-hmm. then add a little bit of you know canadian in it in that what canadian in it had a little bit of canada in it <laughs> grade a story oh yeah you're welcome i'm an a a you are while you're rating us and subscribing you can also like follow us on instagram mm-hmm. that's my domain you know i'm on the ins- the on instagram i'm handling that Dickles over here, knob wench, <laughs> Dyson. He's on the Twitter. I'm on the Twitter. And you know, I don't I don't think I told you, but you know what I did today? What did you do? I made a post on our subreddit. Oh fuck. I forgot about that. I know. I was I was uh slacking a little bit, but I made the very first post. I'm gonna put all of our uh stuff that we share, like you know how you share all the like photographs from cer- certain cases and stuff. I'm gonna post those there as well. And then the number one comment will be where you can listen to that episode. Amazing. Yeah. Love it. So, okay. Wherever you Reddit. are, people, we're there. Yeah, you know we're what? You won't you. be able to get rid of us, okay? <laughs> and no, no matter where you are, no matter where you can't get rid of us, yep. why don't you just, like, drop us a line? Say, hey, we love to hear from you. And you can, like, give us case suggestions. Because mm-hmm. we love case suggestions especially me i'm at the end of the day like this is a show where we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't have you right now listening so like tell us what you want to hear you can send us case suggestions on any of the social medias that i just mentioned you know the instagram the twitter (laughs) the twitter (laughs) yeah (laughs) the reddit so fucking old (laughs) (laughs) because obviously i just want to research content that you guys want to hear covered Okay. Mm-hmm. Fucking love you. Thank you for all of your kind words, support, encouragement, encouragement, everything. God, I'm happy it's the end of the episode because my tongue is straight up twisted. Yeah. Rate and subscribe. We'll catch you on the dark side. Bye. remains were
quickly identified as belonging to John Dick, a Russian immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my fault. If she's trying to hide anything, she wasn't able to hide Dick very well. <laughs> Sorry, does he go by Richard? <laughs> John Richard. John Richard. My friends call me Dick. Is it is it hard? Is it hard being Dick? <laughs> Come on, get him out. Get him out of your system. A few more. Do you ever do you ever wake up in the morning and your name's hard? Hey, hey, Dick. You more of a? Do you lean left or do you lean right? Dick's my name. You yell, Dick. I come running. I come. That's it. You yell, Dick. I come. I come. You don't have to say running. I'm coming. <laughs> no, I don't want to be on this bandwagon with you. Okay, are you good? You good? Ready? Yeah, yeah, Ready? Yeah, Ready? Yeah, Ready? 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 I'll let you. I'll let you do your story. <laughs> Employees of the local history and archives department in Hamilton say Evelyn's dick. Evelyn's dick. <laughs> Evelyn's dick is what? <laughs> Facts. History coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like Blue's Clues. It did sound like Blue's Clues. <laughs> <laughs> 